0: The 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream, it's not a desert mirage, it's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington.
1: Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I am your host, Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to be joined once again by Kevin Klein. How you doing, Kevin?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good to be back on the show. I think the last time uh, that we met here, we were we were crying into our our phones and computers in the afterglow <laughs> of the Stanley Cup victory.
1: I think you're right. I think it was it was you and I and Pepper, right? So that was yep. uh, yeah, I think that was like the day after. So that was pretty Sweet. that was that was pretty cool. Um, so, so we're now like in the middle, in the middle, uh, not middle, but you're almost a 10th of the way through the season, uh, for the Capitals, which is crazy. Cause it, it only started a couple of weeks ago and the Capitals managed to have tons of time off, but a couple back to backs, you know, a three and five day stretch. And all of a sudden the Capitals are sitting at three, two and one, uh, as we record this today. So, I guess I want to start with what are your kind of first thoughts about the team? And then after that, we can talk about uh, some pieces that have been missing so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, just by itself, trying to make any sort of inference based on a six game sample is, I think, you know, sort of a fool's errand. But on top of that, you throw in how weird the cap schedule has been where they've had. Um, such long gaps in between games and uh and you almost double down on that idea so do i think that the caps have looked particularly good no do i think they've looked particularly bad uh all up no are the numbers that we like to use to uh, to portend the future looking favorable no but does any of that really matter to me either uh, at this point no um i love that we get to see um Big point production from Kuznetsov and Ovechkin, uh, Backstrom, and Carlson you can throw into that conversation as well. So the team has won more than they've lost. Uh, Their big guys are producing. Um, So, you know, getting a feel for Todd Reardon, uh, shaking off the cobwebs, I don't think there's anything to be too concerned about so far.
1: Yeah, and I guess the Capitals have been without kind of one of their uh, highly paid pieces, and that of course being Tom Wilson, who, uh, when we record this, has has finally finished up his uh, incredibly long in person appeal hearing with Gary Bettman. Uh, first off, what are, what are your kind of thoughts on Tom Wilson's suspension, um, and what do you think we're going to see in terms of a possible uh, stay of execution, some clemency from Gary Bettman?
0: Yeah, um, I didn't have a problem with the 20 game suspension personally. Um, you know if they want if they want to throw the book at the guy try to get him to change his behavior, that's fine. Um, I you know there is some accountability for the team to send the message to get him to stop playing the way that he plays you know whether he is breaking the law of the NHL or not is sort of irrelevant they're, if they're punishing him. Um, and so if the team isn't able to get it through his head, then they deserve some accountability as well. Um, when it comes to what I think is going to happen with the suspension and, and clemency, um, you know, having it reduced, I, you know, can scarcely begin to speculate. Um, I one thing that I'm keeping an eye on, and it's a really strange sort of confluence of different um, different flavors of suspension in the, in the NHL, is the, um, the, the neutral arbiter who lowered the suspension um, for Austin Watson, uh, the national predators on his domestic violence charges, and now that suspension sits at a lower clip than what Tom Wilson has been given. And though they are two completely separate things that you are loath to compare in terms of, you know, well, the severity of the crime um, because of when they occurred and because of the overlap of the suspension and because of the notable durations of each, uh, all of a sudden they're sort of next to each other in the eye. And I know that the NHL has been very vocal and the National Predators have been very vocal about not necessarily agreeing with the arbiter's decision. And so it makes me wonder about the optics of if Tom Wilson's suspension ends up being longer than Watson's, how do they feel about that? And would that potentially motivate them to, um, you know, take some sort of action to, to lessen the suspension? Again, all complete speculation on my part. It might not even come into, uh, come into play at all. But that's something that's been rattling around my head.
1: Yeah, and I guess um, the, the kind of... In general, I agree with you. I think Tom Wilson's suspension was was well earned. Um, in my mind, it, it's it's you know that hit was worse because it happened in the preseason. You know this; it was a meaningless game, um, and he just yeah. What do you need
0: to do that for? Yeah, I mean,
1: what yeah what what was he trying to do? You know, and and there was the bad blood. Um, from the hit on Kempney that happened in St. Louis earlier in the preseason, but it wasn't—it wasn't the guy that Wilson wrecked that did the hitting, you know. So, um,
0: yeah, I mean, you can you can try to to look at it from that end, but I, I think at this point you're just looking at a guy who plays on the edge and doesn't really know how to do it well anymore, so he needs to take his, take a step back.
1: Yeah, well, I don't I don't, I don't think you're wrong there, um, and you kind of mentioned the team being punished and. Um, you know, I think they kind of are being punished because when they gave Wilson that, that fat contract in the summer, um, you know, that that's all now wasted salary cap dollars. You know, he's not playing. They don't get that money back. It's not like when, you know, all, all that money is still being kind of put on the books, so to speak, in terms of how they're going to stack up for the cap at the end of the the season if they decide to try to make any moves at the trade deadline. So, um, you know, that, that that's a big chunk of change that's being lost for absolutely nothing for a guy that's not well, going to play a minute it's basically can... setting
0: a million dollars on fire
1: yeah well yeah a million dollars of cap space and a million dollars for Tom Wilson so um, you know it, it. you feel bad for him monetarily but at the same time a guy's got to learn um, especially if he's going to be doing that. I mean, that who knows the I amount of damage he's done to people I
0: definitely don't feel bad for Tom Wilson <laughs> monetarily
1: <laughs> yeah that's fair All right, so we talked about the team being punished, kind of the the salary cap part, but what about the on-ice stuff? What are you thinking about? I know you don't want to infer too much about the sample, um, but the Capitals have kind of, in my mind, you know, I I look at that New Jersey game, and that was honestly one of the worst hockey games I've ever seen. I mean, the Capitals, I think they finished with less than 15 shots in the whole game. And I I don't know how much of a difference Tom Wilson would have made, but it... I'm getting a little. I mean, don't
0: aren't those games? Aren't you? Aren't you tempted to just say, "All right, I'm not going to pay any attention to that." That's obviously not representative of anything, and just throw it out the window. But it's, we, we've it's seen such an some periods
1: like that, right? I mean, we so, Did we see that? I thought they they kind of the third period against Toronto just uh, two days later. I think they only they they were they only had two shots. I think through the first like 11 minutes of the period. I, I was there, so I don't have the full like period by period shot chart the capitals had a monster second period but besides that they were relatively quiet Uh, yeah without
0: even without even breaking it out by period i just thought that the new jersey and the toronto game was their worst back-to-back stretch um so far this year right their worst (laughs) two games of the year
1: worst two of six so yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. well i
0: I just thought that was a rough stretch (laughs) where where
1: they looked pretty rough um, yeah, I mean, they, it, I think it was tough. You know, they had a lot of time off between games, which, as you said, the schedule's been very bizarre for the Capitals. Um, and, and the kind of... The guys that we need to see step up more, um, being really uh, Jacob Vrana and Andre Burakovsky, we haven't really seen anything from yet. Vrana's um, pretty low in point totals. Burakovsky doesn't have any yet. Um, granted, Burakovsky's not really sniffing the ice very much. I think he's still you know, 10 to 12 minutes a game. Um, and Vrana's, you know, playing with, with Backstrom and Oshie, and and that line has generated a lot of chances, and um, that shows up in all the stats. But what are kind of your thoughts on those two guys, and what do they need to do to get it going? Uh, it looks like Reardon's still saying all the encouraging things about them, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, so the guy that I am more bullish on is is Vrana, yeah. and I love that he's playing up on the second line. Uh, I think that what we've seen with him so far in his young career is that he's always dangerous and and it seems like he's always got a chance to score and he rarely does, right? He's he's been a very poor finisher this far in his career. Uh, And that's been the case again so far this year. So I'm on record saying that I think Jacob Vrana is a, is a 25 goal guy this year, especially if he stays up on that second line. I mean, you're playing with Nicholas Backstrom, uh, skate around with your eyes closed, you'll get 10. But for me, Vrana is going to kind of, uh, you know, get rid of the snake poison and and start scoring. Um, Burakovsky is a little bit more worrisome because he hasn't he hasn't looked good either. Oh. And Tom Wilson returning to the lineup eventually could help him um, because he's going to get a guy like Brett Connolly on his opposite ring more often. Um, Connolly has been kind of bouncing around on the top line in Tom Wilson's absence. Uh, But he just hasn't looked good, you know, continuing his reputation, which is a much larger sample size than Jacob Vrana's of being inconsistent, um, going more than inconsistent, being invisible for long stretches of time. He's pointless through six games. Um, and there hasn't been a whole lot about his game that has, um, instilled me with confidence. Um, so, that's sort of where I am with him. I mean, I don't know if you're at the point where you're giving up with Burakovsky again, six games into the season, new head coach. Uh, the ice has been wide open in these six games. So maybe, maybe Todd Reardon has a different kind of style of coaching and style of game that would benefit a guy with skill set, And he just hasn't necessarily turned on the jets yet, but maybe that's around the corner. Um, but that might be grasping for straws at this
1: point. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's tough because he's a guy that, um, when we were talking a lot in the playoffs, I kind of gave up. I was like, forget it. I'm done. And then he came back, and he lit it up, and he was great for the for the rest of the postseason. But he just doesn't – he doesn't look good. You know, in, in the past, there have been periods where he didn't produce, but the the play still looked good. And I, I just don't – he's struggling below the hash marks with the puck. Um, and he's and he's every time he kind of goes deep into the the opponent's zone um he's he loses his balance gets knocked down um uh, and his go-to play now is just to kind of pull up do a little a stop once he passes the, crosses the blue line so uh, slow down and hit the late coming defenseman it's not a bad play but it's not it's predictable and it's usually going to be a one and done offensive opportunity um and and I think that's kind of been his problem he he just doesn't He's not showing that kind of dynamic skill set that we that we see whenever he's playing at a level that um, I think either of us find encouraging. So
0: I I mean I think you sort of touched on one of the most frustrating parts of his game, which is the you mentioned like like losing his balance, and it's not that specifically. It's that when he's playing well, he's really strong on the puck, yeah. right? And he just controls it and makes plays, and and it's great, and he's you get a glimpse of what he could be. And if he was like that every night, I mean, this lineup all of a sudden becomes even deeper than it already is. Um, but for some reason that goes away and it's, it's hard to fathom how you can be so strong on the puck some nights and then so, uh, so easily pushed off of it on others. I mean, obviously the competition, whoever you're facing is a variable that changes from night to night. Uh, but it's pretty clear that, that the the variance in that skill with Burakovsky is is beyond normal.
1: I think it's between the ears, right? I mean, that's kind of what we've learned about Burakovsky over these years in Washington. I mean, he's just he struggles with that that aspect of the game, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> but he, uh, excuse me, he did have two shots against uh, the Rangers, and he, he put up sixteen shifts, which was a, um, a an almost. Four, well, 14 and a half minutes of time on ice, which I think is his highest of the season. So we'll, we'll see what what comes to pass with, with Burakovsky. And, I mean, there aren't really any uh, prospects in the pipeline right now for Washington in, in terms of forwards. So I guess my question for you, last one on Burakovsky, Kevin, is if this is what Burakovsky is, a spotty production player, is he still good enough to be a mainstay third-line player? Um, what are your thoughts? No. No. Um, if this is what
0: Burakovsky is, wait for him to get on a hot streak and then ditch him to a to a sucker of a
1: buyer. <laughs> okay. What What do you? That, that's interesting. Just because I don't. I still think if Burakovsky kind of is a. Um, I, I I think his production will will end up being third line worthy by the end of the year for sure. Um, yes, but. If you think people are going to pay you for more than third line production then you you'd, you'd move him but I I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I mean you said if this is what he is, you know, I don't think necessarily what we're seeing is what he is. I think that he's more than what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, the other the other pieces, you know, he, he was brought up under Barry Trotz, who didn't necessarily have a lot of uh, or have a good reputation for instilling the youth on his rosters with a lot of confidence, which appears to be a problem for Berkovsky So that's one reason why I'm hopeful that maybe over time uh, being under the gentler hand of Todd Reardon, if you will, might be helpful for him. And I don't know Todd Reardon's philosophy on on coaching younger players, and Berkowski isn't even that young anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that's one thing that I'm keeping an eye on.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Isabel Krishudian had a good quote from Todd Reardon a few weeks ago, which was kind of about um, how he was going to take a bit of a different philosophy with developing uh, the Capitals' younger players and give them a bit of a longer leash. Um, you know, if they made a mistake, he's trying to look at the big picture, right? Look at the aggregate, which is kind of the argument that we've uh, I, I'm, I'm lumping you in with me that a lot of people have kind of made about highly skilled players who lack defensive uh, the de- on the defensive side of the puck when they start their careers. So, um, you know, I think you could argue Burakovsky was a better player when he came into the league than he is now, and that 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 I think is the uh, <laughs> probably probably the biggest problem with assessing him is that you don't expect players to to just be worse, um, kind of by nature of. Uh, what went on around them so i don't have anything else to say about burakovsky do you kevin
0: <laughs> i know you've got a lot more to say about him but we can move on
1: uh, i'm ready to move on let's let's talk about kind of, of are we, wait are we
0: moving on from burakovsky or are we moving on in this conversation let's are we both. mentally are we mentally departing uh, oh from... is that
1: what you're asking I, I don't i don't know yet you know I, my, my mind wants to say goodbye but my heart isn't ready so <laughs> classic well, dilemma classic dilemma yeah um, it, it's it's better for me, but I, I just have to I don't know, you just, you know, you want to give him more time Um, Speaking of a guy that took forever, as in lots of time to get over to North America, Evgeny Kuznetsov is just kind of so picked right up where he left off at the end of um, last year's postseason, I mean, he has just been a beast out there um, the way that he kind of controls the game simply by way of you know skating with the puck. I mean the way he enters the offensive zone is just incredible. Um and you know he's looked better on the defensive end as well getting the puck back and starting the breakout. So um what are your kind of thoughts on Kuznetsov? I mean is this the new normal for him or or is he just still riding high from the Cup win?
0: God, I hope it's the new normal because uh if this is the new normal the the caps window which has been such a Um, a metaphor of conversation the last several years just got way bigger. Um, he's incredible. I mean, I would put him right now based on, you know, his body of work leading up to the playoffs last year, but then what he did in the playoffs and how he started this year, you know, I think you could make a very strong argument that he's a top five center in the NHL. Um, got McDavid, Crosby, Malkin, um, you know, who who else jumps out as obviously better than Kuznetsov?
1: You know, I I, I don't know, Kevin. I'm a bit hard-pressed to answer that one. I mean, what do you think?
0: Yeah, uh, and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if he can sustain this. And this isn't, you know, this is the playoffs were long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, the playoffs plus these six games, you're looking at what? Over 30 games, right? And, and he has kept it up that whole time, and he's just been out of this world. I mean, he's the, the best player on the Capitals now, um, with all due respect to Alex Ovechkin, uh, but the best all-around player. Yeah, I, I I don't really like I I scarcely even know what to say about it. He's just been such a marvel to watch. He's taken over games. Um, he one of the things that he's doing is he seems to be shooting a lot more. Yeah, I haven't really seen that. Uh, that oh my god, why did you pass that? You had an amazing shot. He seems to be pulling the trigger more often, and, and it seems to be working out.
1: Yeah, I mean one thing. Kind of everyone's always wanted to see him, Kuznetsov was a bit of a more itchy trigger finger, and I think it's. Um, you know, his shot rate was up in the playoffs, and it looks like that's kind of been holding over into this year's regular season. Um, you know, he, he's... He and Ovechkin have a really nice synergy, because if guys are going to start shading Ovechkin, Kuznetsov has has the opportunity to shoot more, and um, you know, I think it might work a bit better than with a guy like... Ba- you know, Backstrom's always going to look to pass to Ovechkin, right? Um, while Kuznetsov's probably going to be a bit more comfortable shooting, and also, you know, Ovechkin isn't the guy he was when he and Backstrom had that great dynamic for all those years. Just because, you know, Ovechkin's still the best, I mean, he's the best goal scorer on the team, he's the best goal scorer in the league, but he, he doesn't he doesn't do as well, I think, creating his own space as he used to. He's still really good at it, but I mean, he's not, you know, he's not 07-08 OV anymore. He needs, uh, so he really benefits, I think, playing with a guy like Kuznetsov who can, you um, you know, makes the offense or the defense rather shade over a bit more. Um, they they have to respect Kuznetsov. That opens up Ovechkin and vice versa. I think.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting to think of it in terms of speed because those Ovechkin Backstrom glory years. People forget because it already feels like it was so long ago. But Ovechkin was very fast. Yeah. I mean, he's not necessarily considered a fast skater anymore. Certainly passable, but. Uh, back, back in those years, Ovi was, uh, frighteningly quick and Backstrom was more moderately, you know, uh, paced in his skating, uh, and it worked out really well for them. And now you're seeing Kuznetsov, who is just a brilliant skater. Maybe he doesn't have like the end to end speed that some other guys have, but, uh, he'll skate circles around most guys on the ice. Uh, and Ovechkin is, is a step slower. And so that sort of dynamic is still there. It's just reversed um how that how much that matters i have absolutely no idea uh but in terms of speed and and the role that ovechkin plays versus the guy who's pivoting him uh it's a new look and an interesting one and one that's working obviously as ovechkin six goals through six games again this year looks like he's not slowing down anytime soon
1: now i agree with you 100 percent um who would you be having playing on their on their wing right now? I mean, we've seen Connolly start the year there. Stevenson's been there recently. Um is there anybody else you'd give a look?
0: Um You know, v- Vrana and Ovechkin did some fun things on the ice last year in the playoffs. Yep. So maybe if uh if nothing else for maybe a way to jumpstart Vrana who we talked about earlier seems a little bit snake bit. Um, if anyone can help you out with that, it's getting Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin. Um, I was generally fine with Connolly up there. Uh, I got a little frustrated with him cause I, I felt like he has br- been bricked on like six excellent chances already this year. Uh, mostly as a result of the wizardry of Kuznetsov, like creating the chance for him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm sort of fine with uh the Stevenson Connolly so long as Kuznetsov and Ovechkin are producing the way that they are. It it seems like it's scarcely going to matter. Yeah. Um but yeah, like if, if there's one other guy who I would like to see uh give it a whirl, it'd probably be be Vrana.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would like to see either Vrana or Burkovsky up there for a bit, um try to jump start their game a little. Um, we, we've seen, um, kind of Verona do well with those two guys, as you mentioned, um, they connected a few times in the playoffs, especially in that, in that pivotal game five against Pittsburgh. Um, you might, it, remember it. <laughs> uh, yeah, might remember it. Yeah. You might remember a pretty big deal of a game. Um, you know, that, that line connected twice in the third period. Um, and then we also have seen some success out of the Oshie, Backstrom, Burkovsky line in the past. So. Um, and they were really a dominant puck possession force when the when the Capitals as a whole um were garbage in terms of puck possession last year, so during the regular season. So um I would I would mix it up there, um, especially if the team continues to get burned like they have um defensively. Not that, you know, these are gonna be like the best defensive lines, but sometimes I think if you have a better offense, do a better job possessing the puck um you know it might help out in your own back end even though i know that the stats don't show that having a lower shot rate against means a higher shot rate for and all that sort of stuff but um i'd be ready to mix it up given the the number of high quality chances the capitals have been giving up um what what are your kind of your thoughts on the capitals defensive scheme this year and kind of the, (laughs) the high quality looks that they've been giving up
0: I mean, I don't know how much scheme there's been. It seems to be a lot of flailing and spinning around <laughs> on the skates from the defensemen. I mean, they've looked really, really, really bad um, to a man, right, like in the defensive zone. I don't think I would call out any of those guys as being head and shoulders above the rest of them. Um, at this point, again, I still think it's like a little bit of, a little bit of the early season yips. But um, it's, it's tough to think that the same – group of defensemen um who are who and the man who coached them last year is still behind the bench albeit in a different capacity would explain the the variance from last year to this year in in any way other than just you know uh random chance or what have you um so as with everything else i'm hesitant to read too far into it um they've just looked really bad. You know, they're they're not covering, they're not covering, covering forwards in front of the net. This is, this is a constant point of frustration for me is it seems like, uh, there's always a, an opposing forward in front of the net with an opportunity to clear him out and it never happens. Um, failed clears, I mean, just to cherry-pick a moment um, yesterday, Dmitry Orlov <laughs> trying to get out of his own zone, like whiffs on a pass, sends the puck to the middle of the ice. Um, and I think there was a diving play by somebody else to prevent a, a, another high-danger scoring chance for the Rangers. Um, and then once you kind of turn, turn the ice over those guys start to shine a little bit john carlson dimitri Orlov, obviously all the offensive skill in the world uh but i, I couldn't tell you schematically if anything has changed yeah. uh i think that they're probably simply not playing well
1: yeah that's fair i mean i think the capitals they played really well against boston that first game um and i think you know they were all amped up and since then it's kind of been this is the regular season we know what we're doing and uh at least that's what i'm hoping the ca- the case is um, there are a few other things I want to touch on you, Kevin, before we wrap this thing up. Um, I think one of the big ones is that kind of came out today is that Nicholas Backstrom said that he thought John Carlson was robbed of a Norris Trophy last year. Um, I think that's a really interesting quote. I think that um, John Carlson had a really great offensive season last year. I don't think in any way, shape, or form is John Carlson the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. What do you think? No,
0: um, definitely not. Um, To keep me honest here, he led led the NHL in points scored by a defenseman last year. I I, I
1: am pretty confident that is the case.
0: Okay, so... You know, I can understand that quote from a player's perspective, looking over at his buddy who also hoisted the cup, yeah. and uh, after after leading the Blue Liners in points and saying, "Here was the best defenseman," he led the league in points. Um, I can get it. You know, and it's also just uh, a nice thing to do for your pal. A nice thing to say. Uh, of course, I don't think that John Carlson is the best defenseman in the league. I doubt that Nicholas Backstrom thinks that about John Carlson. Um, play, he plays against John Carlson in practice, and he uh, plays against every other defenseman in the league in games. Um, so no, I mean it seems more of a, of a throwaway quote. Um, Everybody's still feeling buddy buddy from the cup. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, unpacking that one's a little tough to me. It just seems like a. It just seems like he was sort of given a, a softball question.
1: All right, now let's let's be um, let's do this for fun. Did John Carlson have a better case for the Norris Trophy last year than Mike Green had for the Norris Trophy during his tenure in Washington? No. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent.
0: I think Mike no. I think my, Mike, Mike, Green, Mike Green, Green was robbed. Yeah, Mike
1: Green was robbed. Okay, good. Mike
0: Green was was the biggest crime Mike Green committed was being ahead of his time.
1: Yep. I agree. Mike Green in his prime was like Eric Carlson good. That that's Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. All right. Same page here. So, uh, I, yes. we no, we no, we, no, we, no, we are in debate. we are in disagreement with apparently the majority of the Capitals media staff or no, it's not maybe not, it's not fair. Uh, with some of the Capitals media staff who seem to to think that John Carlson really was robbed. I, I think Carlson was maybe robbed from an All-Star appearance. I think John Carlson's good enough to be an All-Star in the NHL, but I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's a top-tier defenseman. I think he's a great defenseman. Maybe. Well, okay. Maybe he's top tier, but he's not like yeah, top I was, five. I was, I was yeah. going to say he's no, yeah. top tier. He's like I mean, top, he's certainly... top ten, top fifteen.
0: And, and certainly, a, a NHL def- like whoever's leading the defense corps of the NHL in points deserves to be in the conversation as yeah. well.
1: No, yeah, his name, you know what, I will say he was kind of, it was weird that nobody even really talked about it last year. Usually yeah, you have I, to at least talk about the guy with the most points before you dismiss him.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely buy that he wasn't given enough attention or thought yeah. in that conversation. But I'm selling that he was, you know, he deserves right, yeah. the most. All
1: right. Kevin, you got anything else here, man? I mean, we're, we're, we're heading into a, to a, an a action-packed tilt tomorrow with the Capitals playing the Florida Panthers. Um, you have any thoughts kind of about that game or any of the other upcoming tilts?
0: No, I would just say that what I am looking for is for kind of – a little bit of the early season jankiness uh, to come out of their game here in the next handful of games. Um, I want to pay attention to the possession metrics, right? Make sure that they level out, which would involve a couple of good games from the caps here um, just because you don't like to see the team pinned in the end zone. Um, But at the same time, you know, possession has never been this team's strong suit. Uh, it's never hurt them in the in the regular season very much just because of their high-end skill and their lethal power play. Um, and for a long time, the, uh, the knock on that was, well, yeah, but teams that have bad possession numbers do poorly in the playoffs. Well, the Capitals last year weren't a good possession team, and we saw what they did. So something about this team... Um, the possession is just a little less worrisome to me when it's hovering somewhere around that fifty percent mark. Usually, the other things can can kick in to carry them over the not uh, carry them or get them over the hump, I guess. Uh, but I'd still like to see some some better play, just like crisper passing, better decisions. Um, and really, I'm just I'm just watching to see Kuznetsov, Ovechkin put up the points, uh, see how um, differences in Reardon's game um begin to show up as compared to Trotz's game you know all of those things right now i think are still a little bit murky um i think they're still a little bit masked by just the general ugliness of early season hockey um and so just casting an eye towards that i I don't think we're going to know what this capitals team is for for at least another month or so um so really just waiting for the fog to clear
1: (laughs) yeah and i'm i'm just not getting too worked up about yeah, anything. But anything. Yeah. Right. Uh, we still got the win. Right. We still have the cup. Um, so that's still have the banner in the rafters. Watch out. You don't want JP coming after you. Don't steal his quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's inside okay. baseball. Inside baseball. All right. Uh, on behalf of myself and Kevin Klein, thank you so much for, for listening to this episode of Japers drink radio, Kevin, I'm going to tell you to, to, to give a shout out to your work, but you and I just kind of talk. We don't really write stuff anymore. Do we? So, um, oh, I... Oh, uh, did you write something and I missed it?
0: I reviewed some bobbleheads.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not, I'm always a little slow at the beginning of the season. You'll you'll see some analysis from me regularly throughout the year.
1: All right, where should I follow you on Twitter?
0: At SickUnbelievable.
1: All right, if you don't follow Kevin already, you probably didn't listen in, in the playoffs, so welcome aboard. Uh, th- thanks for listening to this episode of Japer's Rink Radio. As always, please uh, give us a a follow on, on Twitter at JapersRinkRadio. Um, give us a like on Facebook and a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, as always, you can always, always twice, check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks again for li- listening to this episode of Drink Radio.